No, I'll just walk with them and make very awkward and pained small talk because I don't want to talk to this lady. She'll introduce herself. I'm Molly, and, and well, you've met my son, and and she'll look expectantly at you. I am going to stick to the writing a travel log story that Philip was yammering on about. I will give her my name as Bernard. But then I will try and get some information out of her. Hey, uh, what's up with your son and his... The Zaboth. Who's that? Oh, no, he's... He just has an overactive imagination. He's an only child, and he doesn't really have a lot of other children that... That play with him, and so he just... You know, he just makes things up. He lives in his own little world. Psychology to see if somebody's lying, right? Mm-hmm. You'll see that she's uncomfortable when she talks about how he doesn't have any friends to play with, but... Yeah, I'll just try and gently prod her for information as we are walking. Do you want to use a charm? So as you learn more about her, you do confirm she is Molly Milligan. Through speaking, not that it's ever outright said or you never outright ask, but you do get the idea. She is unwed. She does have the child who, she's already stated, is an only child. Her and the child live alone at a house, which somewhere back the way you were walking, but now we're no longer walking towards. You don't have an exact address. Although Finn does in the library. And through small talk, she'll also offer that they are headed into town. Have to get some groceries, but she did promise because of the festival coming up. She did promise Abner that she would take him to the esoteric order of Dagon today so he could look at the preparations. He's very excited for the festival. Well, how convenient that that's where my friend were heading there eventually today. So I guess I will accompany her in that direction. What does she do for a living? A couple jobs. She's a waitress, for one. She's also a clerk at the store when they, they need the extra help. She's also worked at the fish packing plants to earn some extra money. Make some small talk about the fish packing plants because I've heard that they're not doing super great recently. So you're just going to continue to make uh, the small talk about that stuff? Small probing small talk to try and find out information and keeping a wary eye on this kid because I don't fucking trust it. You do know whenever she says his name he will stop turn around, say Zaboth, and turn back around and continue on his way. And every time he does it, she just gives him one of those motherly smiles of, I'll just indulge him. How long has that been going on? Oh, ever since he could speak. She'll tell you around two years old. She'll go on that he'll be starting school next year, and she's a little worried. If he'll fit in. You know, kids can be so mean. 
the worst. <laughs> so you make your way to the coast and bless the lack of people around here. It's very quiet. There's practically nobody here on the cliffs in the wintertime. You'll see some cars on the road driving by. A little, you know, little fishy looking guy just looking at you on the side of the road. You can see down on the beach You, if you make your way down there. You'd be the only one there. There'd be no fishy people looking at you anymore. Ah, scenery. I can I can deal with scenery. I can do scenery. Doesn't look back at me. I'm okay with this. I'll start setting up, looking over the harbor and the dock district area. I was thinking of setting up right there to. So I'm overlooking the fish packing houses in the harbor. We never got a good view of what was coming into the harbor at all. So, yeah, you can get some shots that you're going to see people off in the distance, but there's nobody in your immediate vicinity right here where you're looking in the harbor. You'll see the boats practically already out of the harbor, ready to go fish. You'll see that maybe only half of the on the boats crew look to have the fishy look. But again, you are still seeing some some fishy people and you still want it to make your way down the coast to the cave. Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, okay, well, maybe 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 that movie last night is wearing off. I'm not seeing gills as much. I'm not seeing them funny eyeballs stare back at me. Ooh, food. I'm going to need to get food here eventually later. Uh, Next area. Moving on. Well, I'll actually go down to the cliffs next time. Down to the cliffs to the cave? Yeah, I want to try to stay as close to the water as possible, thinking maybe the fresh air is helping wake me up a little bit, and it's clearing away them funky fish visions that I'm getting. Well, so as you walk down and you hit around this area here, you're about midday. You Maybe it looks like a little diner kind of a place that grab a a lunch. It looks like it may serve some of the fish packing people. Then I will definitely stop in and see about getting just like a small sandwich, some water, something to drink, maybe some coffee. Absolutely. And the uh, young lady behind the counter is more than happy to take your order. Do you have uh, any questions or do you notice? Well, let's, let's make a roll. Let's spot hidden. The little diner looks to be picking up at midday for lunch. Like I said, the young lady behind the counter isn't fishy looking, but when you look past her into that kitchen area, you'll see the cook is rather fishy looking. Do you want to interact with them or are you just grabbing your stuff and getting out? You know, I I don't necessarily feel wholeheartedly comfortable without having like a bunch of the other people around. I'd much rather get my stuff get kind of, you know, fed, get the coffee in me, thinking that's going to help clear my head. Because clearly, even if I'm inside and I'm starting to see them fishy things, either I've been here too long or, you know, I'm losing it a little more than I thought I was. And I don't feel exactly comfortable with that. So I want to get my food and get moving and get on down to the cliffs. So you're just going to order your food, eat your food, kind of just keep your head down and just If I don't see them, they don't exist. So this is good. Yes. And then you'll make your way down what is appropriately named Fish Street. 
toward those cliffs where the incident happened with the young girl and the father in the film and the cave that you didn't get to explore because it was dark and because Cookie kind of started to drag you away. Correct. But it's not dark anymore and Cookie's not here. No, she is not. My library folk, anything else? Have you gathered your info? Philip, did you continue to pour through newspapers? Oh, yes, absolutely. You do eventually come to the, the headline where she's found. I would like to read that article in detail. That article in detail says that the missing girl, Molly Milligan, who was presumed dead, missing for seven years, has been found. No mention of her being in the family way, though. They'll say that it looks like she washed up on shore. There were some scratches on her, but no major injuries. And she did appear to be a little underfed, but, you know, who knows really what that's from? You would, as a learned man, would be able to know that. Okay. You'll then see a couple follow-up stories, not many, just maybe two at the most, where it'll kind of give an update, like a little birth announcement. Again, they, they do it very tastefully, no mention of the fact that she's unwed or anything like that. And it'll say, birth a baby boy. And you'll see another story where there looks to be an engagement announcement. But as you continue on, you never see the wedding. Okay. And that's basically the bullet points that you'll get from your research. I would like to take a random sampling of December papers to see what it says about this esoteric order of Dagon Festival. So random sampling of all December papers throughout the year. It is a festival that they have yearly for the winter solstice. It is what they say will bring about a good following year for the fishing industry. They get together and there's some readings that occur. They put some items out on display. You know, like a maypole dance. We don't know what it really is. Do people just dance around a pole? Well, they do things like that as well. Nobody really knows just what they've always done. And we do this to make a good fishing season. Excellent. I know I'm asking for a lot. Mm-hmm. What are the average number of obituaries for a year? A skosh. A little skosh higher. Okay. Nothing out of the ordinary. Nothing out of the ordinary, no. Okay. Do the pictures have a lot of fishy-looking people on them? Mm-hmm. When there are photos of people, yes. Earlier papers, there may be, like, drawings of this, the town and, and people. And, yes, throughout history, there's always been those that have more of the Innsmouth look and others who have the slight Innsmouth look, or the faint Innsmouth look like, like Elijah has. And then there are still others who have no Innsmouth. I'm feeling pretty good about what I've got. I think we can move on. 
Cookie, Finn, anything else? No, I think everything's good. Any conversation occurring as you walk towards the esoteric order of Dagon, Philip, Finn, or Cookie? Who's packing? Uh, pardon me? Who's, we're going into the heart of the beast, the enemy here. Who's, has a weapon of sorts? Because I don't. Well, my good boy, I do recall telling you that it is the duty of you and Bruno, and Charlotte as well, of course, I do not wish to exclude her from a part of the conversation, to be armed at any and all times. Because I'm a learned man, and not one that would rely on something so crass as a revolver. So that's a no for you, then. Ah, uh, Cookie. You got a pistol or anything? I don't have a pistol. You know what I should get is one of those wacky things that that the police use. You know, the, the that ball thing. It's small. It could probably fit in my purse, and you just whack somebody on the head with. We'll have to look for one of them. But I don't have anything. Oh, that's simple. Just get a brick and a salt. All right. When we get close to the building, I'll grab something and toss it in my purse. Uh, Yes, capital. That's perfect. We need to find Bruno somewhere drunk in a ditch before we head in, I suppose. He might be useless to us. You should have seen him when he walked away. Well, at least he'll have a pistol we could take from him. He's useless as a matter of course, but I do feel that you are being rather cynical about our reception at the Esoteric Order of Dagon. We are simply tourists here on holiday. They are not going to pull out curved knives and stab us to death on a sacrificial altar merely for walking up to the building. This is not Washington, D.C. So as all of you converge on this point, that's when you respectively see each other's groups. I see them but make no effort to acknowledge them. Maybe just catching an eye glance and then continuing with the child and Molly. Philip will see Bruno, start to open his mouth, see Bruno kind of look away like Philip doesn't exist. He's used to this. And he's about to say something, then he sees the woman next to Bruno and the fishy child also near Bruno. Curious. Well, he's not dead in a ditch, nor is he drunk, but I believe he stumbled onto the next piece of the puzzle. So we just wait up for him to finish and then then ask him for taking along. I say we just walk on, gentlemen, and keep an eye on them. If we can follow at a safe distance, that might be our best bet. Well, regardless, we will simply attend the Esoteric Order of Dagon. If they pass by, we'll double back and follow them later. If they stop here, then they stop here. And if they turn around, well, then again, we will follow them later. But first, we should focus on the Esoteric Order and what they have to provide for us in the ways of information. So as the three of you kind of make that plan up, you'll see that 
Bruno and the two people he's currently walking with cross that bridge and seem to be heading toward the esoteric of Dagon. There you see. Looks like Jesus may have answered our prayers. Quiet, quiet. As you all are approaching the Esoteric Order of Dagon, you'll see that it's several buildings grouped together, and you'll see a lot of activity. It does look like there is preparations occurring. Bruno, as you and Molly get closer, you'll notice that Abner is more excited. And And once he gets on the other side of the bridge and he's able to, like, get onto property of the order. He just takes off. But at this point, Molly's okay with it. She makes no move to call after him or anything like that. It's, it's okay. And you'll see the child run and just start going up to people. They all smile and greet him. And he just goes around until eventually he wanders into one of the buildings. The child is out of eyesight, out of ear shot. And you guys are on the other side of the bridge. Do they have like a bake sale or something? And there's a table with refreshments. If you'd like to partake. I'm heading to the refreshment stand. Okay. If I get the feeling that she's going to go, I will be happy to let her go since I know that there are further agents here. She'll kind of look at you and say, it, it was wonderful uh, walking with you. I, I, I better go find him. I'm sure he's got the father's ear bent right now, having him tell him about all the events planned and, and doing readings and she'll take off. He likes the father. Oh yeah. No. Well, he's he's kind enough to, uh, you know, let him read some of the books and teach him some of the, uh, well, the language they use. I don't even know what it is, really, but Abner seems to enjoy it. It, it almost soothes him. I'll uh, be happy to let her go. Finn walks up to Bruno. He's eating his apple. How'd your date go? I grab some baked goods. Brow furrow just furiously like, ah. And then where's the others? Just a few steps behind me. I'm going to look around. As Bruno turns around, there's Philip and there's Cookie. Feel any better? No. That woman was Molly. Ah. And the child, Zaboth. Zaboth. Curious. Yeah, especially when he says it after every time she says the name that she gave him. And has been saying it since he could talk. I mean, it's a perfectly cromulent name. There's nothing wrong with it. How many Zaboths you known? Or is that one of Bertram's friends? No, no. Bertram and I don't know any Zavolves. Right. Perfectly cromulent name you've never heard. Anyway, 
he's with the father, and I thumb over my shoulder at the dramatically opposed sign of esoteric order of Dagon, because they like to read books. Really? Well, I also like to read books. What kind of books do they like to look at? Hmm? I like the Finn and the Charlotte, as if nobody getting what I'm saying. Finn clearly understands. Does Finn recognize the name? Actually, uh, no, there's no connection. Okay. Well, so, some sort of, yeah, I got what you're saying. There's, um, possession of sorts. Possession? What do you mean by that? Just a hunch. But, either, that kid that was mentioned was named whatever his name was. I can't remember. And something, you know, took over it while it was in the womb because of Bert. You know, you get what I'm saying? I think I do, my dear boy. However, she was missing seven, nearly eight years. She disappeared in June of 1910. And it was in 1918 when she was found washed up on the beach. No mention of her uh, family way, so to speak. At what point? Oh, yeah, the kid's fishy. Why, it's... Yes, she reappears on the very beach where she disappeared seven years earlier. She is with a child. The child is curious. Um, Something about Zavolf. No, he ain't curious. He fucking weird. Well, so you're weird. I don't besmirch the child for your own shortcomings socially, Bruno. Really? Not weird like that. Not weird like you. Weird like he's in there wanting to read Latin with a priest of some freaky cult. What is... I wanted to read Akkadian from the scripts of the Sanskrit. I don't understand. Were you six? No, when I was 14. Well, straying from the point. I don't believe that he has somebody else's... Uh, what did you call it, Finn? I'm sorry. Uh, soul possession. I don't know. Something like that. It's just a hunch. I don't believe it's a soul possession, because if it was a soul possession, it would have happened after they, they all returned. But she was gone for seven years, and then something happened. Um, Charlotte, was that the same beach that you were on, where there was something... Uh, that you detected following you? Yes. I understand what you're trying to say, Philip. She was impregnated while she was in the water by the thing. Is that what you think? Yes. There's a um, little known um, a philosophical theory that once you take away all the obvious answers, then the inobvious is the obvious answer. Obviously. Obviously. Self-possession is still a little far out there, but I believe the much more common and believable theory is that what we have, and judging by the people of this fine village uh, has happened several times, so to speak, is that uh, this deep one that uh, you've seen and spoken about has a taste for the female form, so to speak. Did you find evidence at the library that this has happened before Molly? 
The only evidence I have is that this whole Dagon nonsense started right around the whaling started. So when they're out in the boats shortly after, start worshipping deep ones. So timing lines up. Well, I have discovered that this particular festival happens during the winter solstice every year. They have a, uh, a readings occur, as Bruno said. The lad is reading from books. I'm going to assume he is reading of the tomes that they will declare for the festival. They will have certain items upon display, and the villagers will dance around a pole or something akin to this in order to bring prosperity to the fishing industry for the following year. So then. You saw nothing about them choosing a princess, like a Mayday princess? There's none of that. No, I did not see anything of that. However, as you have seen around this village, there is a certain look to many of the people. Would you not agree? Certainly. And as this esoteric order was founded, nearly at the same time that they started to troll out in boats and hunt for whales, and they make a festival every year, from the esoteric order of a legendary being that is associated with the deep sea. Logic then dictates perhaps there's more than a festival going on from time to time. Yeah, rituals. Yes, rituals. So we have a theory. How do we prove it? Well, we uh, we break up their little party. Philip is going to look around the esoteric order of Dagon. How many people are here right now? Preparing? There's probably about 15 to 20. You keep losing track as they go in and out of buildings. How many will attend that event? That newspaper says it's pretty much the town. You remember my suggestion, Bruno, for... um Dropping something down that hole out by the beach. Yeah. That would also work in this situation. I had a couple ideas along that line that maybe we shouldn't talk about right here. Yes, quite. I suggest for the time being, we see if we can find these items they will put on display. Reconnoiter this set of buildings. And we will gather what information we can. Then, after we have left, we'll put our heads together, discuss our next options, and I will quite strenuously stress, mind you, that we have Patterson bring in more than just the five of us. Yeah. Wherever Samuel may be. Yeah, that was going to be one of my suggestions, too. Because, uh... This might need a lot of black bags. Quiet. Let us build the case for Patterson, and once that is complete, we will bid our good days, and we will return to Boston, and we will allow him to formulate the plan to handle this. If we can find anything regarding this... Finn, what did you call it? Soul transference? Something like that. Soul possession or something. Something along those lines is my theory. 
to your theory, what if you could imprint it upon something uh, that reproduces visual events, such as a film, such as our dearly departed Buck Milligan, who is very clearly the uh, point of contact on that film that these other two watched? That could be something. wonder if it is possible. You have a nose for books, lad. See if you can find anything within the esoteric order. If there's anything in the uh, pictures. Upon the wall. See what you can find there as well. I will wander. I will speak to some people if I can. If I see any books, I will do so. Cookie, Bruno. Um, see what you can find. If anything catches your interest, if there's anybody you wish to talk to, please do. Remember, we are here writing a travelogue, and we will be leaving within the next two days, possibly sooner. Yes? Because, like, they're getting ready for the festival and stuff. When is it? Two weeks. I have this feeling we might be back before then. Like, if we leave in two days, and they got this festival coming up in two weeks, you know, if we gotta come back and handle some shit, we gotta come back and handle some shit. Yes, quite. However, we are currently here to investigate the film. Beyond that, which we will focus. I think we found something a little bit bigger than that. I agree. However, we will tip our hand early if we try to investigate this as well as the film. I would like to find as much of that as possible because it may come into use later. But I feel as if I am talking to a wall. Find out what you can find out. As long as we're bringing Patterson something. Why don't you go ask her if she remembers being filmed as a child? She's right over there. Philip glances over. She went into one of the main buildings to find Abner. I suppose then I will bid you adieu. I am going to go inside one of these buildings and see what I can find. And he's going to go for the building that uh, she went into. Did I get the feeling that Zaboth may have had anything supernatural or know that like that he was on the me being on the him? To be honest, after he bumped into you and looked at you as to why you were in his way, once that was done, you basically were out of his thoughts. You really didn't matter to him. So, um... Again, you can make your way down to this beach. You would have to do a climb check. Let's just make sure it is winter. The rocks and the incline could be slick. I'd hate for you to fall. Good job. You see at the far southern end of the beach is the cave. Do you want to go there immediately or do you want to take a look at the beach itself? Look out over the water? Anything else? Taking pictures? I want to set up and get a photo looking down the beach, trying to get like the cave just on the right side of the picture and then some of the ocean on the left side. Cause I remember cookie looking out over the water saying something was funny out there. Maybe see if, if it's a related thing, not sure, but it's something to review back and have proof of later. Let's do a photography roll and a spot hidden roll. Good job. You've lined up that shot perfectly. And not only that, but as you look through your camera's lens, 
the sunlight that's coming down from the behind noon sky. You see uh, something glint in the sand just outside the cave as you look through the lens. Okay. I want to try to, not not with the camera, but looking out, out of the camera, I'll leave the camera set up there so I don't have to drag it down. I don't want to lose sight of this shiny object that's in the sand, and I want to get over to it and take a closer look. If it's something that's small that I can actually handle and carry, then I'm going to want to try to get it out of the sand. So as you make your way towards it, leaving your camera equipment behind because it's set up on a tripod, I assume? Correct. You walk to the mouth of the cave and you look where you see that little uh, shiny glint. And you see that there is a iridescent stone lying in the sand. Since you did have a, a good roll on your spot hidden, as you bend down and pick that one up, you can see further in the cave that there's another one. And then a little further in, there's another one. But now the cave begins to be too dark to see any further in. These are shiny, iridescent stones. Are they pearls? No. Huh. Okay. Well, I want to take the one I have in my hand and put it in my pocket. I'm going to go back to my camera pick it up and move it more towards the mouth of the cave, angling it down a little bit or angling the flash down a little bit. I want to see if I can get the reflection of these iridescent stones mm-hmm. off of the flash, get it captured on film. And then I'm going to move in just a little bit to the cave. I want to take a look at that other shiny, if it's the same kind of shiny stone without going too far in the cave by myself. Okay. If it is, I'll grab it, pocket it, take it with me, and then get one more photo, and then head start heading back towards the middle of town. So as you line up the tripod and the camera and you get it positioned just right so you could take that shot and have the flash pretty much illuminate the cave in an instant, but you want to try to get more of the glint of the stones in the sand, correct? Correct. So as you position it and you carefully hit the button to take the shot. But when you hit that button and that flash goes off, not only does the little glint in the sand further in reflect, but an enormous glint up at the roof of the cave. I'll I'll look up. My curiosity is there. I'm wondering what it is. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's like, mm-hmm. um, why is the, up there and there's pieces down here to something, knock something from the ceiling down? Is it the same kind of glint? It is the same kind of glint. If you just moved your camera in maybe just another 20 feet into the mouth of the cave and maybe do it again, you might be able to get a better shot. Let's see what happens. So you always wanting to get the scoop, you're not going to let this go by. So you're going to pick up that tripod and that camera and you're going to walk in 20 more feet and you're going to angle it. Do you angle it more toward the ceiling now? I'm actually going to lower the tripod down as far as it can go. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to angle it more up than straight through into the cave. So as you reposition it and you have it lowered and angled up, 
you get ready to hit that button. This time your eyes are peeled to the ceiling of the cave. Correct. You hit the button. The flash in that split second illuminates the cave. And there's that glint. But now there are three more. And what they look like to you, Sam, are obelisks hanging from the ceiling. And they are all the same iridescent stone. But now there's three of them. There's four total. There's the one you saw, but now three more. Three additionals. Okay. Do I believe I caught that in the photo? You believe you caught that in the photo, yeah. Okay. I got that in the photo. I'm going to pack it up. I'm going to slowly start backing out. Turn around, walk out. I've gotten my 20 feet in. I now have a a reason to bring the entire group back here to try to figure out what these things are. Maybe Philip will know more about what these things are because this is out of my purview. I'm just here to take photos and talk to people. Now that I got food in my stomach and I'm not seeing things that are like gills on people, I feel a little more confident in myself. I got the photos I need. Now I need somebody else's professionalism here. And I will head back out, head back up the hill through the fish street. And I'm going to go back to the movie theater because I got questions about that movie. If that movie is making me see things that I ain't supposed to see. Okay. So you're going to pack up. You're going to head back into the town. So as you make your way back, it's uh, turning into, um, as you were there and and did everything you were doing, it's late afternoon. And let's go to, um, Philip, you're going into one of the buildings? Yes, I'm going to go into the one that uh, Molly went into. So as you walk into that building, you'll see there are people running around and that, but This looks to be like where they really hold like services. You'll see the dais up at the front, but sitting on the steps, you'll see an older man with the same little boy that you saw walking with Bruno. And there's a a book open on his lap and you'll hear him reading to the child. And I need to know if you speak any of this language. So you don't know what he's saying, but it is a foreign language. And as he reads to the child, the child's just nodding along with it. And you can tell he's very serene. He's not smiling himself, but he seems content. Uh, Philip is going to amble up towards the pew where Molly is sitting. He's going to sit nearby, the pew behind her. Okay. And as the old man is reading and little Abner Zavoth is being serene, he's going to lean forward and whisper, My apologies, but I do not recognize the the language that they are speaking. Is that Latin? No, I, I believe it's it's older than that. Oh the father told me what it was. I I can't quite remember. Remember. And she'll look up, and before you can even stop her, she'll say, Father, 
Father Marsh, and he'll look up. What is the language again that you're reading? Look and smile, the both of you, and say, Tamil. And then he'll go right back to reading aloud again to the child by now, tugging on his arm. And Philip will nod once and smile and say, thank you. I was hoping not to interrupt them, but I'm quite grateful for the information. Thank you. It's it's not something I've ever heard before. And she'll, well, you would have to ask the father. He would know much more, much more than I, I, I don't understand any of it. I, it, it's, it's a pretty language. Yes, yes, of course. I agree. I agree. Yes. You'll have to forgive me. I'm I'm very recent to the area. I'm actually visiting for a, a short holiday, and uh, it so happens I I'm here just before a rather fantastic uh, festival, if I'm to be told. It's nice to see so many new people coming to to enjoy the festival. It's, it's been a, a a long tradition, and and it's it's good to have some new people. Here to enjoy it. And the father will explain anything if you're unfamiliar with it, or if you have any questions. Ah, yes, I'm certain I have many questions. I mean, that's if you can get my son Abner away from it to to have a word. Philip glances at Abner. Say, well. Ah, yes, that that little one is, is Abner there? And she'll nod, yes, yes. I see. Well, he is a very strapping young lad. It's very mm-hmm. clear he takes after his mother. She'll smile. Yes, he's he's a he's a good boy. Almost sounds like she's just trying to convince her. Uh, yes, quite. I'm I'm certain that that he is. You have been here all your life, I take it. I was born here, yes. My father was born here. At that, she'll get a little sad. Oh, I apologize. Is he not? Um, is he not with us anymore? And she'll uh, tear up a little bit, and then she'll shake her head. No, he he passed before before Abner was born. Ah, my apologies. Was was Abner his name? Did you you name him after his his uh, grandfather? Oh goodness, no. No, his name was Bach. Oh, goodness, I would never name my child. Oh, of course. (laughs) Uh, I apologize. I apologize. It is uh, clearly a shame about your your father. I did not mean to pry. I apologize. She'll take your apology smile. What are the rest of you doing? Bruno, you're enjoying some pastries? Baked by the fine women of Innsmouth. I will look to the other two as to whether or not they want to move on from here. Finn was going to go look for some books. So you'll just go up to someone and who seems to be setting up stuff. Uh, do you have any books around here that um might tell me a bit more about the going-ons and... You know, the literature behind this uh, festival thing. One of the women will say, oh, um, 
Well, Father Marsh would um, have the library. If you... They'll point to the building. He's over in the building. If you'd like to learn more or if you have any questions about becoming part of our order, I could put you with one of the other fathers. Sure, I'll go uh, speak to Father Marsh. Um, thanks. Finn goes to the same building that um, Philip is in. You'll walk in, you'll see the same description uh, before, but now you'll see Philip is in that scene in the pew behind Ellie. Cookie, what are you doing? I was kind of eyeing where the women were coming from to see if they had maybe a place, you know, not everyone's working very hard all the time. See who was kind of milling about and if anyone was my age so I could maybe get some gossip on the party that was about to go down. You'll see there's a few women clustered around one of the buildings. You'll also see from the chimney smoke coming up and you'll smell some good food coming from that direction. So that could be like the the kitchen house. And Bruno, you're still staying out there or? I kind of want to go check out the fish packing plant. Okay. So I have Philip and Finn in the main service building. I have Cookie going to the cookhouse and I have Bruno just saying nuts to all of this and walking straight off the property toward the fish packing plant. Well, I would let people know that I was going. Oh, okay. Before like, Cookie heads out, you'll let her know. Yeah, I'd be like, look, I'm going to go look around town. Who knows what other unspeakable horror is going to find their way into my path, quite literally. But. I feel like I should always try and stop you. Why are you trying to shoot yourself in the foot? The party's here, man. <laughs> I also feel like maybe the the fish packing plant is that where they also process the whale stuff, or is that mm-hmm. okay that that may be a site of importance so that they, I could turn up more information all right, that's fine. How long has that been going on? Oh, ever since he could speak. I know nothing about kids, but I know that Bruno does. How long Mm -hmm. has that been? People with children. When do your children become cognitive of their name? Of their name? Mm -hmm. Um, So like six, seven months old. They know their name. They don't say it, though. When do they say their name? Let me think. I don't know how long Zaboth went frustrated Two because and a he half? couldn't correct her. Okay. Maybe like it, it kind of ranges like between two and three is when. So let's say around two. She'll start. She'll talking. tell you around two years old. I'll think real loud that that's a long time to have an active imagination. Cookie Finn, anything else? 
I'm sure I'm going to regret it later, but uh, yeah, no, I think everything's good. You're going to regret it later. <laughs> okay. There's going to be something, some other question that I, I'm going to want answered, but yeah, no, no clue. Well, we'll, we'll do a homage to Blades in the Dark. Here's your nickel pamps. You can have a flashback mechanic <laughs> later. Oh, wonderful. Man, I was just <laughs> thinking we should do that too. That's awesome. <laughs> And seem to be heading toward the esoteric of Dagon. There, you see. Looks like Jesus may have answered our prayers. Quiet, quiet. Say both answers all. Abner. <laughs> you know, when you say stuff like Zaboth answers all, you're really not like okay, <laughs> kind of unspeakable demon creature. <laughs> Little boy, can't just kill him. It's immaculate conceptions. It's it's the new prophet of right. Now you really can't kill him. I mean, he's got the weird eyes. There's nothing immaculate about the conception. Do they have like a bake sale or something? There's, I mean, there's a table with refreshments. If you'd like to partake, let's go to the cultist bake sale. Mm-hmm. They're not selling. Those. They'll give you that that punch for free. Sweet. Um, <laughs> I'm heading to the refreshment stand. Yeah, pick me up a gingerbread squid, will you? <laughs> I mean, that's what you have to make now for Christmas when you're baking. <laughs> oh, look at me! I'm not making no fucking gingerbread. I like the Finn and the Charlotte. As if nobody getting what I'm saying. Like, am I fucking speaking Latin here? No, you would understand if I was speaking Latin. Am I fucking speaking <laughs> Zabothian space language? You remember my suggestion, Bruno, for um, dropping something down that hole out by the beach? Yeah. That would also work in this situation. Uh, refresh Rob, what that was? Cause my Stick of dynamite. Moment. Okay. That was my immediate thought was dynamite, but I wasn't sure if that was the actual suggestion. Yeah, that is the actual actual suggestion. <laughs> Blowing up the the order would definitely disturb stuff. Once that was done, you basically were out of his thoughts. You really didn't matter to him. It's because I am merely a human and not some spawn of the the deep. It is the same kind of glint. If you just moved your camera in maybe just another 20 feet into the mouth of the cave and maybe do it again, you might be able to get a better shot. Let's see what happens. I'm doing it. <laughs> Bravo, sir. I, I, I'm not going to. So so for those that are listening, I'm not going to try to metagame this. I'm going to figure it out what I'm doing logically. I rolled the dice. I got a 98. That's a hot, I'm going in. I, I got to try it. Just, just a little bit. Got to do it. And I need to know if you speak any of this language. The languages I have are Akkadian and mm-hmm. uh, English. English, yeah. We're going to stop here then, and we'll be back. And we'll hopefully finish up. Your investigation of the film 
And then Smith? Yes, the film. <laughs> nope, film's not important. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> of the film. Nope, film doesn't matter. Okay. Much like the the bowl and the book of poems that you preemptively I... saved the world from. Yep. Okay. <laughs> We're preemptively saving the world from world. this demon child. From a, a festival that's occurred every year for yeah, centuries. by cultists. Okay. It's occurred yeah. every year at the winter solstice, a common time for festival. Yep. It'll be just a, the, the damnedest thing. However, there was this unfortunate fire at the old packing plant. Just insanity. A crying shame. Insanity. You're not on our side here. You're Better against not us. Murder that poor little boy. That poor little boy has led such a hard life. He hasn't. We're not going to murder him. We're just going to make it so he's somewhere that he might and will definitely die. <laughs> wow. We're just going to facilitate his non-existence. Exactly. <laughs> As we do. <laughs> As we do. Look, if it's anything I've noticed from watching, like, uh, the bit of bad horror movies and stuff, the, the last scene before we move on from Call of Cthulhu has to be Zavoth sitting in an adoption agency being adopted by some nice family. <laughs> oh my god. I'm going to have to get character art of little Zaboth and his big dark eyes just staring. Mournfully up. As he plots the, his revenge upon the universe that burst <laughs> him into it. You're not fooling me. <laughs> and more importantly, you're not fooling Bruno. He knows your tricks. <laughs> I'm fooling Bruno. <laughs> oh my goodness. You guys are hilarious. <sighs> goodness. Also, right. did we bring, do we have dynamite on us? Is that no. We have? No, we don't. Fuck. What we do? Finn just constantly thinks it would solve all our problems. Explosions. That, that'll solve it. Look, right now, Bruno's goes from dynamite solving all of our problems to fire solving all of our problems. Your government it's agents. the next best step. Your government agents. Of an anti like cosmic horror thing. Yeah, a low key let's not scare all the regular folk. Yeah, that memory wipe thing. Agency. Yeah. That's so what everyone knows that the esoteric order of Dagon is actually making liquor illegally and we are just removing yeah, it by setting it on fire. It, we didn't set it on fire. A still exploded. They are very dangerous. Oh, there this we go. is yet another reason why liquor has been made illegal. Oh my goodness. Perfect. You guys are insane. <laughs> We're not insane. This is wonderful. Look. Yeah, this is wonderful. That's I genius. Know some, I know somebody we can get some like back alley hooch off of. You know a guy. We'll just drive up here in a week and a half. We'll just throw a whole bunch of stuff here. We'll, yeah, yeah. no. We'll, we'll call up Peterson to get the papers on it. We'll have Samuel use his context, be like, uh, prohibition drug bust in Innsmouth. 
old church found to be site of uh, fish packing plant on hard times turns to illegal alcohol to meet, make ends meet. I just hope you guys make it back in time to the inn for dinner because Sarah has been working all day. Yeah, she is so excited about that dinner. (laughs) Fish two part two. She's like so in love with you, (laughs) Philip. Because Philip is charming. He is the darling of housewives everywhere. And that's amazing. I love that for you. All right, I should probably kill Craig. Mm. Yeah, goodbye, Craig. Now that we've gotten all of our illicit shadow running plans down, for- yeah. we're not shadow runners. We're investigators. Shadow runners. Federal investigators. Yeah, and you know what I found? Hmm. An illegal alcohol operation. Did you? Okay. I did. It's the damnedest thing. Uh-huh. Oz here, just chiming in at the end to say thanks for continuing to support us with your ears, bumping us by word of mouth, and even with Patreon donations, which is pretty awesome. If you aren't on our Discord, feel free to come on by and get a without a net welcome. If you are, you know how we do. We couldn't continue to do this without your support and feedback, so if you do have feedback, this is me personally begging you to let us know. We know we can always do better, and we love to know when we're doing well. Anyway, a couple of disclaimers. The music you heard in the intro and the outro is from the Great Old Ones and Other Beings album by Graham Plowman. You can find that on YouTube. It is some excellent Call of Cthulhu music. Call of Cthulhu 7th edition is produced by Chaosium Inc. Without a Net podcast has no affiliation with Chaosium Inc. We just think 7th edition is pretty bomb and we're going to go ahead and try it out. We get no kickbacks from Chaosium, nor do we expect any, although that may change in the future, but probably not. I hope you all had a wonderful time listening to this, and we will see you next week.